Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the best of OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. John Morosi, what hotel are you at down in San Juan, and how does the <laughs> island look from your perspective? Uh, good morning, Clay, and uh, my apologies on, uh, on, on not getting the time right this morning after the uh, the marathon game that we saw here last night, 16 innings there between the Twins and the Indians. Um, I'm staying over at Isla Verde, over close to the uh, the airport, um, uh, over the Intercontinental. So it's been they've been great to be here. It's been really a a, a moving week uh, just to see the, the the incredible resiliency of the Puerto Rican people of uh, the island uh, and the message from a lot of them. Clay has been that they, they want those of us on the mainland to know that they're they're back in business and they're ready for us to come back and visit and uh, and really of course there was a bit of a uh, power uh, disruption yesterday but it sounds like a third of the island is back on uh, they expect a, a larger percentage back by the end of the day after the outage yesterday so uh, it was amazing to see the game still go forward last night and uh, and really a great show for two days here in San Juan. Uh, John Morosi down there. I mean, yes. I mean, I love San Juan. We spent a lot of time when we were in the Caribbean there. We've gone back on vacation several times before. If you haven't been to Puerto Rico, my pitch to all of you listening in all 50 states right now, it's an incredible place to go. And for some of the younger guys out there, drinking age, 18. Gambling age, 18. Just saying, it's a good combo. If you like the beach, you like uh, beautiful weather, and uh, some of those casinos are really pretty awesome to spend time in. Um, all right, so uh, you are down there in Puerto Rico right now. What was the uh, atmosphere like uh, for the Puerto Ricans love Major League Baseball and to have these games in the wake of the hurricane? It had to be an incredibly emotional moment, not only uh, that for the, the crowd, but also for many of the players. Right, and, and really, I think, Clay, when we look back on this series, uh, we're going to go back Tuesday night and Francisco Lindor uh, hitting the first uh, home run of, of this series, uh, driving the first runs of this series. And uh, you've got one of the ascendant Puerto Rican stars. Really, I think 
it's it's Lindor and, and Carlos Correa from Houston who are the, the the new emerging faces of Puerto Rican baseball. Uh, for him to hit that home run in his first game back on the island since he was 14, because he had left uh, to attend a Montverde Academy in Florida uh, for both academic and and baseball reasons, wanted to challenge himself as a a young man, so left home. Uh, And so he leaves home. His mother had not had a chance to watch him play in, in Puerto Rico for all those years. And so to come back finally and then deliver that moment, uh, I had the honor of speaking with his mother afterward uh, on the air on on FS1. And and just to see her reaction and her her glasses, Clay, were still foggy from the tears. It was was really... uh, moving uh to see it and uh just it was it's in a moment it's a moment that i'll never forget and it's that roar the thing about caribbean baseball is you can hear a crowd in this case it's like 18 19,000 it sounds like 50,000 because there's yeah. just a constant din the drums the noise the chants the songs um it's just it's a, it's a it's a thing that you have to experience from a sensory standpoint uh, i think to truly appreciate it and and uh, it was that way for the last two nights, and there were so many fans that stayed till the very end of last night's game, even though it ended uh, well after midnight. Just uh, incredible resiliency and passion from the fans uh, here in San Juan. And for anybody out there who wants to help out with the areas that were hit by the hurricane, honestly, at this point, probably the best thing you can do is take a vacation and go back down there and help uh, the, the tourism industry, which obviously took a massive hit uh, and a blow from uh, from that hurricane there and in the Virgin Islands and all throughout the Caribbean where those places were afflicted by the hurricane. All right, I, I know you're in Puerto Rico, and I know Major League Baseball is going on, but I want to get your expertise on hockey right now uh, because you also are a hockey guy. Uh, and I might I swip, switch back for one question on Otani here at the end for people who are paying attention to him and still getting used to the Japanese Babe Ruth. What has your takeaway been so far from the playoffs. Let me lead into that with this question in particular. I saw the odds have just come out for most likely teams to win the Stanley Cup right now. Uh, and this is updated after last night's games. The Predators are 4-1. to one, The Lightning just shy of 5-1. to one, The Golden Knights in Vegas, who have already advanced to the second round, uh, just shy of 5-1 to one as well. The Penguins, 6.5-1. Uh, six, uh, six to one. The uh, Winnipeg Jets, uh, nearly 7-1. to one. The Sharks, 7-1. to one. The Bruins eight to one, and from there you've got a competitive Blue Jackets and Capitals series. Nobody else really in the mix at this point. Has your pick changed on what you would anticipate? I think it probably has uh, at this point in time. Who would your Stanley Cup teams be right now? So I've still got the Preds winning. We talked about that before, and I see no reason to uh, to waffle on that one. Even though I think the games against Colorado have been a bit more competitive than, than maybe uh, some Preds fans would have expected, uh, which to me foreshadows, of course, Nashville's one more win away still from qualifying for the next round. I, I think that Winnipeg-Nashville series will probably be the best one of any in the second round, assuming that ends, ends up being what it is. Uh, Winnipeg, uh, they they play a tough game. I, I, I think that, they, and they really added, Stastny was really good in the, in the face-off circle, that they... They just they they play a, such a good comprehensive style. I, I think I really feel Clay that the that the Stanley Cup champion is going to come out of the West. Uh, yeah. I, I know that uh, Pittsburgh obviously is, is has been there back to back, and, and Tampa, as you mentioned, uh, their stock is is increasing now. I did have uh, Toronto as uh, as my pick coming out of the East. I'm a little little worried about that based on the way they played so far against Boston. Although it was a big win for them. 
game three. But I, I think Vegas showed. I mean, that, that, that LA, LA Kings team that they swept has a lot of postseason veterans on it. And uh, for them to sweep them sends a pretty strong statement that Vegas is not just a cute story. It's a really, really good team. So I think whether it's Vegas, I mean, I'm high on, I like Vegas a lot. I like, uh, I like Winnipeg a lot, and I, of course, I, I lo- love Nashville. So I think, I think the Stanley Cup champion this year, Clay, is going to come out of the West. I just think we have really, really strong teams in that conference, and uh, so I'll stay with Nashville for now, uh, and, and I will stay with them as, as long as they're in it uh, as my pick. But uh, I think it's going to be really competitive, and, and that and that Winnipeg Nashville series that that plays out is going to be six or seven bruising, great, entertaining hockey games. He's been a phenomenon so far in Major League Baseball. And last question for you about Shohei Otani. How nervous should Angels fans be and should baseball fans in general be about what we saw against the Boston Red Sox? Is that more of a harbinger of things to come, or was that an aberration? Uh, I think an aberration. I think he's still going to be able to have success on the mound. Uh, I am less worried about him as a pitcher than I am as a hitter uh, in really any regard. I think that is still his his main bailiwick is pitching. And, and I think that if, if we talk about a year from now, two years from now, if, if there's ever a, a specialization for him, I think it's going to be on the mound. Uh, he had a bad night against a really great team. Uh, right now the Boston Red Sox are the best team in baseball. They, they've got uh, the best record. They are beating everybody. They're, they're taking great swings against everybody. You've got a deep, competent lineup uh, that, that just has a different energy about it than they did in the playoffs last year and really for much of last season when they finish at the bottom of the American League at home runs. They're just a different team, and largely I think it's Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts has, has gotten going, and he's been the MVP of the league so far. It's, I know it's not yet at the end of April, but he's been the best player in, in the league to this point, in my opinion, uh, at least uh, from an offensive standpoint. So um, I, I think that he just ran into the wrong team on the wrong night, uh, maybe got a little overly amped up, but uh, I, I would say more of an aberration than it is a, a a cause for enduring concern regarding uh, the young phenomenon of the season. Outstanding stuff. Uh, thanks for joining us early from Puerto Rico down there, and uh, have a, a good, safe trip back. Glenn, thanks so much. And again, sorry for getting uh, mixed up on the timing there, my friend. Uh, I've, I've kind of gotten immersed in the uh, in the in the island experience here, so my mistake there. <laughs> No worries at all, my man. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We are going to be joined by uh, Chris Denary. He is the Pacers play-by-play announcer for FS Indiana since 2006, uh, and he's going to be here with us uh, momentarily. He also uh, did uh, the radio voice for the Butler uh, Bulldog basketball team for 17 years. And that uh, ended when he joined uh, the Pacers. And he's been the turn reporter for Indianapolis Motor Speedway and Radio Network. Uh, He is going to be joining us here momentarily to talk about the game and the series. Uh, Last night, obviously, the Cleveland Cavaliers coming back to tie that series at one game each. uh, uh, We had a wide-open shot from Oladipo uh, that just uh, rimmed out, frankly. It would have tied the game with 25 seconds left. Uh, Chris, are you surprised this? Thanks for joining us early this morning. Are you surprised that we're tied up at one game apiece, or did you expect for the Pacers to be able to go into Cleveland and get a win in the first two? I thought the Pacers could get a win in the first two, and you know they very nearly uh, had a chance to uh, get a second win last night. But LeBron James had 
what LeBron James does, a gargantuan uh, uh, you know, performance. This is a Pacers team with a lot of moxie. They have a lot of confidence. I was in the locker room after the game, and to a man, they firmly believe uh, they can win this series. So, um, you know, they, have, they now have to do, uh, you know, what all good teams do, and that's hold serve at home, and it'll start Friday night, uh, tomorrow night at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. How wild do you expect the arena to be? Uh, it, it'll be crazy, uh, Clay, because uh, this has been a team that, you know, most people, not not just nationally, but probably locally, uh, turned off in the summer last year when the trade was initially made. And as the season rolled on, and, and Victor Oladipo has a, a soft spot in the hearts of most Hoosiers because of what he did at Indiana, uh, they got more intrigued and more intrigued, and, and uh, the, our television ratings were way up. Uh, the fan base was energized. Uh, anytime you play against LeBron James, and the Pacers have a history, this will be the fifth playoff series since 2012 that Indiana's had to play against LeBron James. It makes it that much more special and that much more meaningful. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be a crazy environment tomorrow night. Five games left in theory. Somebody's got to win three. Could obviously be only three games. Uh, what are reasonable expectations here coming back Friday, Sunday? If I told you right now, Pacers get a split, do they take it or do they really think they need to win both these games and go back to Cleveland up 3-1? No, I think they, they feel like they need to win both. I think they've proven they can win in Cleveland. Uh, they also won there in the regular season. So they play in Cleveland with no fear. But you don't want to give home court advantage back to LeBron and the Cavaliers. So. I feel like, uh, to a man, that locker room knows that it needs to come out of Indianapolis on Sunday night up 3-1. So we saw one game where the Pacers come out win by 18. It's never really that close, although the the Cavs, I believe, did cut it to 6 or 7, and then the Pacers kind of re-extended that uh, early in the fourth quarter. Last night, the uh, LeBron James comes out and just takes over early, gets him a big lead. What do you expect this game to be played like on Friday night? I mean, it... Can LeBron keep up this pace if he comes out and he has to carry the team? I mean, I think that, to me, is the biggest uh, maybe shock so far is that even when LeBron has an otherworldly effort, like he did in Game 2 last night, the Pacers almost won that game. So I'm not really sure what the Cavs can do in terms of trying to get all their horses pointed in the right direction, whereas I think the Pacers have a lot of different ways to win a game. I'm not sure that the Cavs have anything other than LeBron James's dominant. Well, and I think the one thing, Clay, is is that the, the first two games have really been played more at the Pacers' pace than the Cavaliers' pace. Uh, the Cavaliers averaged 111 points per game during the regular season and played, you know, played at maybe the 10th fastest pace in the NBA, where the Pacers are pretty content. They can score, but they're going to play a little bit slower. And if you look at the numbers and the way these games have been played, they've been played more at the Pacers' pace. So, you would hope that that would continue. Um, you know, the Pacers' defense has been has been solid since the All-Star break. That was one of the issues early in the year. The Pacers were winning games by outscoring teams, but the defense has really turned around, and, and I think that's, that's where the Pacers want to play the game. They want to play the game in the 90s to the low 100s. They're perfectly comfortable with where these games, I think, scoring-wise, have been played. We're talking to Krista Denary. He is uh, with me right now. Uh, he's the uh, Pacers play-by-play announcer for FS Indiana since 2006. And so I'm curious uh, here in general, Chris, when for people out there, you mentioned it, who kind of tuned out on the Indiana, Indiana Pacers and didn't pay a lot of attention after the Paul George trade. 
what should they be paying attention to now? Because I think this is the series that's getting the most attention by far so far in the first round of the NBA playoffs. If they're going to be watching on Friday and Sunday but aren't that familiar with the Pacers, what's something to pay attention to to kind of get a sense for how this team is playing? Well, there's no question you have to pay attention to Victor Oladipo. He's been a star at 25 that has grown up in his year at Indiana. I mean, a guy that was the number two draft pick overall, played in Orlando, traded to Oklahoma City, and now in year five has been traded a second time. This has been a guy that has brought outstanding leadership and just um, just a, a sense of joy, Clay. The way he lives his life, the way he plays, it's been infectious, and it's it's carried over into the locker room. It's carried over into the fan base, and, and he's just exciting to watch. There were so many people back in the summer that when they uh, listed the 30 teams, the, the teams to watch, and I mean watch the telecast, will you be excited, will you be entertained? They had the Pacers at the bottom of the list, and I think what we've seen with Lance Stevenson and Old Depot and Miles Turner, this is a fun and exciting team to watch, and, and I think that's what folks have, have latched on to just in the first two games of the playoffs, the win on Sunday and then the near miss last night in Cleveland. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Also, you're getting a lot out of Darren Collison. Um, and I think he's a guy that people are somewhat familiar with. But what does he mean uh, coming out of that point guard spot for the Pacers this year and the pace, like you said, the defense, and also his outside shooting? Yeah, I mean, he's led the NBA in three-point shooting. He led the NBA in assist-to-turnover ratio. And for folks that don't know, this is the second time he's been with Indiana. He was Chris Paul's backup in New Orleans as a rookie, was traded to the Pacers, Ironically, when this playoff run started for Indiana, they've been in the playoffs now seven of the last eight years. Darren was the point guard in those first two years. Ironically, the second year he shared time with George Hill, who he guarded last night uh, with the Cavaliers. So he's been outstanding, and he's been hungry. He played the last three years in Sacramento, uh, did not get a taste of the playoffs. He's had an outstanding year. Uh, Kevin Pritchard did a great job, not just in orchestrating the trade, in getting Oladipo and Sabonis, but the free agent signings, picking up Boyan Bogdanovich, adding Corey Joseph, who has been in the playoffs each and every year from Toronto. Um, they did their homework and, and put together, you know, not just a team with Oladipo, but with a team that he's surrounded by veterans and some young talent who have played very well this year. Chris, we appreciate the time. Appreciate you waking up early with us. We'll be watching on Friday and Sunday. Good luck with the call, my man. All right. Thanks, Clay. That's Chris Denary, Pacers play-by-play guy. He will be calling those games on Friday and Sunday. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.